you are Locked On Washington football team, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, everybody, to Crossover Thursday right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Louis DiBiase of Lockdown Eagles. He's David Harrison of the Lockdown Washington football team. And we're going to go through a really intense playoff-implicating matchup between the Philadelphia Eagles and the Washington football team this Sunday at 1 o'clock at Lincoln Financial Field. And, David, it's a battle of two six and 6-7 teams and I think it's the first time these two teams have battled when it comes to a legitimate playoff like game for both sides since what? I mean, I can remember maybe 2014, 2015. Yeah, this late it's definitely the been a while. <laughs> it's been a long time since both these teams were competing for a playoff spot. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and you know, obviously on the Washington side of things, you would hope that uh, that uh, they would be in a little bit of a better situation, you know, but uh, having fallen to the Dallas Cowboys last weekend, unfortunately, they're in they're in the situation they are, which. It was five NFC teams right now that are all neck and neck uh, fighting for this last spot here. And this mm-hmm. game obviously is going to have a huge impact on it. And um, we'll, we'll see. I, uh, to, be, to be completely honest with you, I'm, I'm starting to wonder if there's even going to be a game uh, this weekend between these two. So we'll yeah. see what happens. <laughs> and that's the big storyline that we're going to kick off crossover yeah. Thursday with David, because, I mean, it just seems like every single day the injuries and the COVID-19 list continues to grow. You know, the Eagles have some injuries to keep note of, but for Washington, I mean, it's like, what, seven defensive linemen are on the COVID-19 list right now, including Montez Sweat, Jonathan yeah. Allen, uh, Matt Ioannidis. Today, you know, um, you've already lost Chase Young for the season with an injury. Are they going to have any defensive linemen left for this football game? I mean, amazingly, they actually do. They have some guys that they brought up from the practice squad. They have some guys they brought off the, the streets, so to speak, you know. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, they've got, uh, they, as of last count, and, and it's kind of hard because even the team's own website can't necessarily keep up with all the names on the COVID list. Like if you go to the Washington football team website, Kyle Allen, the backup quarterback and Matt Ioannidis, who you just mentioned, aren't even on their website's list yet because they haven't been able to update it yet. So, I mean, it just every single day there's, there's another name or two or even more uh, being added to this list. And then with Kyle Allen, uh, the backup quarterback being uh, attached to this list. Now you, you kind of wonder, so Washington football team, for those who don't know is in enhanced COVID protocols, which means they basically go back to what was happening last year. If, if, if you're in the facility, it doesn't matter what your status is, doesn't matter what tier you are, right. you're wearing a mask and all the meetings are being done uh, via, via video. So, you know, so and I, ideally you're keeping the players apart, but the players have been around each other, obviously, you know, for for necessary reasons. And mm-hmm. with with more positive tests continuing to creep up, I mean, Kyle Allen and Taylor Heineke, uh, Kyle was asked about it after the loss of the Dallas Cowboys about he and Taylor talking on the sidelines and and kind of Kyle being prepared to come in the game when Taylor left with his injury. And he said, we talk after every drive. So you have a positive test COVID-19, you know, positive quarterback who literally after every possession is going in and talking to his backup in very close quarters. And then, you know, they're in meeting rooms up until they went into the enhanced protocols. So, I mean, if Taylor Heineke ends up on the COVID-19 list, which, you know, knock on wood, nobody else gets added to it. But if he does, Kyle Shermer is your practice squad quarterback. He's pretty much it. Like you're not, you you know, and and this is this is a kid. You, You talk about putting this team in a bad situation. So, yeah. You know, and and with with the NFL protocols, there's a possibility that some of these guys who are vaccinated uh, kind of you know get to get maybe get a chance to come back and play or get you know get back on the field in time to play. The only one uh, that I know of 100% right now that is not vaccinated is Montez Sweat, um, which is why he's probably not going to play in this game either. Right. But you know, we, we haven't even had time to react to the guys he had to list, let alone try to sift through the amount of guys that are within the protocols to possibly make it back or not. So. 
Yeah, for sure. And it's just, I mean, horrible timing, right, man? Like when it comes yeah. to this matchup, you cannot afford to have that many players, especially on one unit, not right. potentially playing in this football game. When Washington right now currently owns that seventh wild card spot, the final playoff spot, I should say, in the NFC, the Eagles tied up as are a lot of teams in the NFC conference. Uh, David, another look here at the Washington injury report, because there's a lot to roll through here. You know, the starting quarterback, you mentioned him, uh, Taylor Heineke. I mean, what's the deal with him? I mean, no Kyle Allen potentially is QB2. You know, Heineke was kind of banged up coming off that loss to the Cowboys last week. Yeah. Is he going to be 100% in this football game? Uh, 100% no, but he will be. He'll be fine. Like barring any yeah. type of dramatic setback. He said today that on, or on Wednesday that, he, that honestly his elbow is bothering him more than his knee as he left ultimately left because of the knee. But he said that the, the elbow is bothering him more than the knee and the elbow isn't even so much when he's throwing. It's just got a really nasty bruise on it. Uh, mm -hmm. So obviously that makes it very sensitive. So obviously the Eagles would love to to do a little bit more damage to Heineke the way the Micah Parsons and the Cowboys were able to. Um, right. But you know, all things being considered, if, if Taylor is not positive for COVID uh, he should be on the field and he'll be, you know, the best option the team has. And, and that's kind of the conversation we've been having uh, around the Washington football team is, you know, even with the interceptions the fumbles, some of the inaccuracies uh, and everything else that Taylor brings to the field, he also brings this team the best chance they have to win. So that's at least a positive from the offensive standpoint. Um, and then, yeah, like you said, on the defensive side, just, just, uh, yeah, when it rains, it pours, you know? Yeah. And I think when it comes to the offensive production for Washington, a lot of it through the air has come from wide receiver, Terry McLaurin, who a lot of Eagles fans kind of cringe when they hear that name, not only because he's in the division playing the birds twice a year, but they had an opportunity to draft him yeah. over JJ Arthago Whiteside in the second round of the 2019 NFL draft. Sorry. I have to bring it up every time. It, it stings just as much as the DK Metcalf pass up. But yeah. is McLaurin going to have an opportunity to go after this Eagle secondary this week, David? I mean, he was in concussion protocol, correct? Yeah, he is in concussion protocol. And that's that's kind of the thing is he's going to have to go through the week. He's going to have to go through practices, through drills. Yeah. And then even if he's a full participant in practice, you have to wait till the next day to see if symptoms creep back up or how bad they are. He's got to get evaluated. So, I mean, especially, you know, you're looking, you're talking into the weekend before you're really going to know whether or not Terry McLaurin is going to be good to go and the way that right. concussions work. Uh, a lot of times because of the abundance of caution, and that's that's become a, a popular phrase uh, medically these days, but I think I liken it to the concussion symptoms. Um, honestly, you know, playoffs are important, and obviously playoff seeding is important, and you want to win rivalry games, and I get all that. But when it comes to concussions, I would rather the league take mm -hmm. an abundance of caution with player health and player safety there, yeah. and, and if they have to hold a guy out, then you have to do it. But, you know, obviously it would be upsetting uh, for Washington to lose Terry McLaurin, and then uh, on the wide receiver front, Curtis Samuel, not participating in practice to begin the week with a right. hamstring injury. And that's a totally new injury. They already missed a lot of time from Curtis with his groin injury. And now he's got a hamstring injury. Washington fans are frustrated. I'm sure the player like I Curtis imagine. Samuel is obviously frustrated uh, himself, but uh, what was supposed to be a really big part of uh, this offense, I actually just wrote an article earlier this week for SI.com saying that maybe this is the week, you know, maybe with everything going on, this is the week that Curtis Samuel gets a little bit more involved. He's only played about 20% of snaps uh, in the three games that he has played since coming back off that groin injury. But if he's out of hamstring, you guys know how that right. goes, especially with the high flying uh, potential offense. Yeah, that, that's that's a problem. Yeah, trust me. The Philadelphia Eagles do relate to this more yeah. than ever when it comes to it rains, it pours with injuries. <sighs> and you look at after the Super Bowl run in 2017, it was the same issue in 2018, right. 2019, 2020 last year as well. I mean, you look at Washington with their defensive line, all the injuries and the COVID-19 list, you know, additions. The Eagles last year had 14 different um, combinations of their offensive line. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man, sometimes it rains, it pours. For the Eagles, on the injury front, um, head coach Nick Sirianni said today, 
was kind of a mixed bag. Didn't really go into specifics, but he said quarterback Jalen Hurts, running backs Miles Sanders and Jordan Howard, and then right guard Brandon Brooks are all trending upwards when it comes to playing, but he would not give an exact timetable. Hurts talked to the media today. Didn't sound as confident as he did a couple weeks ago about his availability with that ankle injury. I think he will play, but they are getting Gardner Minshew ready to go just in case. I think no matter what, the blueprint's going to be kind of the same with yeah. that defensive line issue in Washington. It's going to be run through the strength of your team against the weakness of theirs, that offensive line in the run game. David and I are going to get into the matchups, including that one, to watch in a big battle on Sunday between the 6-7 and seven Philadelphia Eagles and the 6-7 and seven Washington football team right around the corner on another segment of Crossover Thursday with Locked On Eagles and Locked On Washington football team. And guys, today's show is sponsored by Stat Hero. Nobody plays daily fantasy sports to lose winning feels so much better but traditional fantasy sports are a long-term losing proposition because you never know who or what you're up against stat hero is the first of its kind daily fantasy sports platform where it's you versus the house in head-to-head fantasy matchups winner take all and here's the crazy part stat hero shows you their lineups before you play and you handpick the team you want to face one-on-one this never before seen innovation of fantasy sports and sports betting hybrid has stat hero players clocking odds that are over four times better why because you don't have to complete compete against thousands of experts or unknown stat hero puts you in control of your fate with stat hero you are in control of the stakes you decide how much you're going to play for and stat hero has no choice but to take it because they're daring you to beat them stat hero head-to-head is what daily fantasy should be one-on-one Sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash lockdown and use the promo code lockdown. That's L O C K E D O N for a 100% deposit match. That's stathero.com slash lockdown using the promo code lockdown for a 100% match. Terms and conditions do apply. Guys, this is Crossover Thursday, Louis DiBiase of Lockdown Eagles. He's David Harrison of the Lockdown Washington football team podcast. It's a battle between two six and seven teams fighting for that final NFC playoff spot. And there's a lot of teams battling, but I mean, David, maybe these two teams are the favorites when you think about the schedules and the tiebreakers, right? I mean, I think these two matchups they have against each other to end the season might dictate this seventh spot. Yeah, absolutely. I think for that final playoff spot, you're 100% right. And then, you know, each of them has a matchup against Cowboys, you know, before the end of the season. So that's another opportunity to potentially get a big win uh, and improve that conference and divisional record. Um, the Dallas Cowboys have shown that they're they're a vulnerable team. They're not, you know, they're not impervious to being defeated. The Washington football team comes out of their loss to them looking at that second half and saying, man, you know, if we could have shaken the nerves a little bit, maybe gotten right. under our feet, our feet under us a little bit, maybe we could have come away with that win and a lot more momentum. But yeah, I mean, I, I feel like the NFC East, uh, kind of feels like it's a t- it's a it's a division destined to have two playoff teams. I think you look at the NFC West and the NFC East; they're probably the two most likely. The Minnesota Vikings, of course, would like to have a say uh, in that conversation, just like the New Orleans Saints and the Atlanta Falcons. But I think from what we've seen, just from either division or all four divisions, I think that the, what the NFC East teams bring is a little bit more sustainable. It's something that you can see them continuing to do right. throughout the rest of the season. Whereas the Falcons and even the Saints typically win in ways that are kind of just like a I don't call it a fluke, but it's kind of like that opponent specific, you were able to beat them because of that. It's not really going to transfer uh, down the road. Yeah, I agree. And I think when it comes to who's going to get that advantage starting off this Sunday between these two rivals, it comes down to a lot of matchups. But I think the one, David, we got to start with first. You know, we talked about all the injuries and the COVID-19 additions uh, to that Washington defensive line. I mean, they are 
decimated at that unit. And for the Eagles, you know, the reason they've been able to win four of their last six games and turn around the season after starting two and five was a total philosophical change in offense. They were throwing 30 to 40 times a game. Instead, now they're running it that many times a game. Dramatic, of course, but close to it because of how good that offensive line is. So it's kind of a strength against a weakness just based on not normally because Washington's personnel normally is super talented up front. But because of the issues this week, I imagine that's going to be the make or break matchup. Yeah, you know, I don't believe in curses. So so hopefully Washington fans also don't believe in curses because, again, I wrote for SI.com earlier this week. I wrote a Curtis Samuel improved increased usage uh, column for SI.com. Now he's on a new injury uh, with his with his new hamstring. And I also wrote a strength oh, on strength article about the Philadelphia you Eagles. You gotta start knocking versus, on wood before you write these articles. Yeah, versus the <laughs> Washington defensive front. And here we are now decimated by by COVID, not even injuries, decimated by COVID. But yeah, I mean, you know, on paper, uh, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles have the number one rush offense in the NFL for a reason. Watch football team has the fifth ranked rush defense in the NFL for a reason, but it looks like pretty much every member other than Deron Payne, if we can keep him in a bubble somewhere, uh, is it, every member of that fifth ranked rush defense really isn't even going to be on the field. And then so you have to think the Philadelphia Eagles offense is going to come in. And this is one of those games where you can almost look at it and say they expect us to run against them. They, they're going to come in, prepare us. Maybe we throw, you throw play action on the very first play of the game and potentially catch Washington overselling sure. to stop the run. But in this situation, if I if I'm the Philadelphia Eagles, I'm saying, look, look at what look at what the football gods or the universe or karma, whatever you want to call it, is laying in front of us. Let's see if we can truly come in and take advantage of it. Because not only yeah. is, is a watch football team playing with backups, they're playing with backups, backups. And when you get even deeper into the whole thing, the rotation, keeping guys fresh and substituting guys, trying to give guys a breather. If the Philadelphia Eagles can come in, dominate the line of scrimmage, like you would think they'll be able to in this circumstance. Uh, they can keep those guys on the field for a really long time. By the second half, I mean that the the guys you have on the field mm-hmm. are going to be totally gassed, and it's it's just not a good situation. Yeah, I totally agree, and I think you made it a good point about you know Washington knows what you're going to try to do, so maybe try to trick them at first. But at the same time, you know, keep it simple. Like know that this is how you got to this point. This is how you're competing for a no. playoff spot, and it is a very significant advantage on Sunday. So really ride that. And although Jalen Hurts, you know, comes back, that's going to do a lot for the run game. He has that ankle injury. Not sure if he's going to be 100%. Not sure if either one of these quarterbacks will be 100% in this football game. But even with that, I still would not be discouraged if I'm Nick Sirianni to continue to run the football. You look at the matchup two weeks ago against the New York Jets when Jalen Hurts did not play, and it was Gardner Minshew. Obviously, it was against the Jets, but the Eagles still ran for over 200 yards, um, consistently running for over 170, it seems like, every single week. Um, They still did that with Minshew under center because, again, Mm. when you have Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey, Jordan Maialata, Landon Dickerson's been great this year, Uh, a second-round rookie out of Alabama. Maybe you get back Brandon Brooks, who's normally an all-pro right guard. You know, Jalen Hurts is a huge part of the run game, but, David, that's Mm. what gets them – though that efficiency more than anything so you just got to run it yeah absolutely and then you look at you know going beyond that obviously if you get the run mm-hmm. game going it does open play action no matter what the circumstances are and you know i mean i, I you look at the new england patriots what they get, they did against the buffalo bills so i guess you can never say you know you're not going to completely abandon the pass game no matter what advantage you might have over an opponent so perhaps we could see that happen but when they when the eagles do decide to go against the run or go 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 through the air and try to take advantage of that pass offense i mean the secondary obviously is going to have their hands full trying to support the run game. Uh, then I look at those linebackers. I look at first-round draft pick Jamin Davis, who has been uh, better as of late, but not you know great overall. And then you look at Cole Holcomb, uh, who has easily been the best linebacker of the bunch for Washington and Landon Collins. 
the safety who plays down in the box like a linebacker but refuses to be called a linebacker. Uh, and Dallas Goddard, you know what I mean? Right. If, if, the, if the line of scrimmage is getting pushed around you know, in favor of the Eagles offense, obviously that's going to force those linebackers to play better and support and be a little bit more aggressive in support, which every everybody who's yeah. watched football for a week knows that that obviously opens up the play action. So Dallas Goddard, a guy who uh, Washington fans aren't going to like, he's on my fantasy team. So I guess part of me has got to be a little bit uh, happy yeah. about the potential. But I think Dallas Goddard obviously has the potential to have a really big day, especially if they get down in the red zone where traditionally you kind of sell out to stop the run anyway, let alone when you're facing mm -hmm. the best running team in the offense. And that really is where you see those wide open tight end catches, you know, they're yeah. backing up in the end zone, just floating into their bread basket. And I want to say for the Eagles too, when it comes to throwing the football, that Devonte Smith should have an advantage this week. Yeah. Uh, what's the status with Kendall Fuller? Was he added to the list as well? He's on the list as well. Yeah, and then, on the list. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And then William Jackson, you know, the other the other starting cornerback over there uh, is is kind of hot and cold. Like you know, every it depends on the rep really. If you throw five reps right. at at William Jackson, you're probably going to get a flag on one. You're going to get an interception on one, and three of them, you're probably going to get a catch. So I mean. It, yeah. it just kind of depends on on which which version of William Jackson you get there. Some of that is he's not he's not really all that great in zone, and they run a lot of zone uh, behind that aggressive front, and then you know they don't play a lot of man. That's kind of it. That's kind of what's in his wheelhouse. Um, but yeah, a guy like Devonte Smith obviously brings a talent set uh, against the defense. I mean, we watch the NFL this year, and it, it's pretty plain to see. I mean, traditional football says if you're not looking for the ball and you're making contact with the receiver, you're getting a flag. Mm -hmm. Well, William Jackson, that's pretty much all of his pass interference flags this year have been him playing the, yeah. the receiver's eyes and hands instead of playing the ball and getting flagged for it. And I think, too, I mean, so again, Devontae Smith should have an advantage, but unfortunately yeah. for the Birds, even when they're throwing the football, um, Smith outside of, you know, the matchup with the Los Angeles Chargers a month ago, you know, the week after against the Denver Broncos, Smith was kind of riding a hot streak there. They were getting him involved. But mm -hmm. since they kind of changed this, offensive philosophy and even before that it's just been too inconsistent his target share you yeah. know when it comes to Jalen Hurts really giving him chances you look at rookie receivers around the league Jamar Chase Jalen Waddle you know those other first round receivers um, even Elijah Moore in the second round Rondale Moore with the Arizona Cardinals it feels like are more involved as like a main focal point of the offense despite right. Devontae Smith the efficiency is there like he's making plays when giving the chance He's just not getting him. So hopefully they can take advantage of that on Sunday and get him more involved. Smith was not happy a couple weeks ago when he was not involved in mm -hmm. that final drive against the New York Giants. And that was an important game that they lost. Uh, David, flipping the script here. We haven't talked about Washington's offense yet against the Eagles defense. Um, a banged up quarterback, a banged up wide receiver one with Terry McLaurin. I feel like maybe the run game is the focus this week. And yeah. the Eagles run defense is normally a top tier unit. But this year, very inconsistent. Yeah, I mean, the, the Washington run offense has really been their bread and butter, especially during the four-game winning streak that they experienced coming out of their bye week. That's really how they did it. They controlled the clock, kept the opposing offense on the side of the field, and then they were able to put up points at the end of, of a lot of those drives and kind of force the opponent to come out, sit on the sideline for a long time. Then you come out, you have to pass the ball. And if right. the defense can stand up, which the defenses look much improved uh, as well, really dating back to before the bye week, going back to about week six or so, we've seen a steady increase uh, in what the defense has been able to do. So that really, I mean... Going back to like Monday of this week when you looked at this matchup, it really looked like an opportunity where you expected a very competitive game, but potentially Washington could kind of get back on track uh, a little bit. You know, Philadelphia doesn't have the highest sack rate in the National Football League on a defensive standpoint. And Taylor Heineke, when he's not under constant pressure, uh, has looked much better. I think you, you can say that for a lot of quarterbacks, but Taylor Heineke, I think the division between under pressure Taylor and, 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 and relaxed Taylor is much bigger than most quarterbacks uh, would do in the NFL. So, 
looking forward to seeing Taylor have maybe a clean pocket for most of the game, uh, be able to get the running game going and then see if they could kind of get back in the rhythm they had before the Cowboys game. And again, that was kind of before everything that happened and and, and the injuries and the, and the COVID-19 and all that mm-hmm. stuff. But I, th- I still think that if there is a chance for Washington to come out of this of this game with a win, it's going to rest on that offensive line, keeping Taylor Heineke uh, clean and Taylor taking advantage of the time he yeah. does have against that Philadelphia defense. Yeah, I agree. And if Terry McLaurin does play in this football game, I'm excited personally about that matchup with him and Darius Slay. There might not be a cornerback playing better right now than Darius Slay across the entire NFL. This is the first time the Eagles have had a CB1 playing at an elite level since probably Asante Samuel a decade ago. Mm -hmm. So it's a a nice change of pace. And that'll be a fun matchup. The Eagles, it's kind of a mixed bag when it comes to letting Slay shadow top receivers. You know, they play a lot of zone coverage. They've been playing more aggressive, playing more man, though, over the last month and a half. And so with McLaurin, no Curtis Samuel, it'll probably, you know, allow Slay to rotate around. He did do that two weeks ago. Um, The Eagles had him shadowing Elijah Moore, funny enough, with the New York Jets. So I would expect that if McLaurin does play, you're going to see Slay shadowing him. So, David, that's a fun matchup as well to keep an eye out for. Yeah, and and again, if you're the Eagles, you have no reason not to have Slay shadowing right. McLaurin if he's on the field, especially if Samuel can't go, which I mean, right. at this point, I expect him not to go. Uh, but again, if, if Terry can't clear concussion protocol, you've got a one-two combination of, I think, probably Adam Humphreys and DeAndre Carter, two, uh, two wide receivers under six foot who are quicker than fast. Um, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's all coming up Eagles right now this week. Yeah. <laughs> I, which kind of scares me. I don't know if that's, a that's good that is thing. true. Actually, so, that's sometimes how you get those bit. are the games that you lose. And um, they were talking, I don't, I don't know if this is going to happen, but uh, a potential postponement gives me uh Joe Webb, Minnesota Vikings, Tuesday night vibes of 2010. Mm. The mm. Eagles lost that game and that was important for the playoffs, but uh, yeah. we're going to do predictions coming up next. This is crossover Thursday. I'm Louis DiBiase of locked on Eagles. He's David Harrison of locked on Washington football team. We'll be right back. Yeah, we're going to do that. Thanks in part to our friends over at Stance and Apparel Company, providing super soft, entirely unique clothing items that are fun to wear. They just launched a new line of active apparel, perfect for holiday gifting time. I happen to I happen to own some of their socks, and I'll tell you, I love the unique and licensed designs and the feel of the socks themselves are also next level. Founded in 2009, Stance Apparel represents a radical reinvention of socks, underwear, and active apparel. With a sharp focus on comfort, quality, and creativity, Stance brings an atypical aesthetic alongside some of pop culture's hottest collaborators, for the ultimate in style and self-expression because everything you wear should be a direct extension of who you are and how you feel. We've had a lot of locked on members meeting each other in real life. In in Mm -hmm. January of this year, I was able to meet locked on Saints host Ross Jackson in real life. Turns out Ross and I have an affinity for unique socks and we both happen to actually be wearing a pair of stance socks the (laughs) first time we compared. So uh, it's, it's kismet that this company would decide to jump on board with the network stance believes that a perfect fit matters more than fitting in. That those who feel good do good. Go see for yourself. Register an account at stance.com and get 15% off your first purchase. Use promo code locked on at checkout to apply. Enjoy the color and comfort of a life of a life less ordinary. Today's episode, today's crossover episode, also brought to you by betonline.ag, who has you covered with all the props, odds, and lines that you need for the football season as we move towards the playoffs. Betonline.ag remains your number one spot for all your sports action this season. So head over to the updated website, sign up today, and get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit just by using the promo code Locked On. You listen to Locked On, BetOnline.ag gives you a 50% deposit bonus just for being a listener of this network. Whether you're looking for basketball, action, football, hockey, boxing, UFC, or your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait. Go take advantage of all the amazing offers for 2021 before they're gone. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online. 
where the game starts. This is Crossover Thursday, Locked On Eagles, Locked On Washington football team. I'm Louis DiBiase. He's David Harrison. A big matchup between these two NFC East rivals on Sunday, both six and seven, both fighting for that final playoff spot in the NFC. It's at home. Uh, we have no other matchup so far, David, to go off of this year. This is one of two to end the season with the final four games of 2021 right around the corner. Um, what's your prediction? I mean, as we talked about, there's a <laughs> lot of holes on both sides of the ball for Washington. The Eagles are banged up on offense. You know, what's the vibe for you? What are you feeling? What's the result on Sunday? Yeah, I mean, you, you would love to have the feeling that, you know, this is a team that through the adversity and through all the the, the underselling of what's going to happen with all these things happening, that they're going to overcome it. Uh, it's just, it's been a team in, in Washington that even when they're at their best, they're still competing and fighting and scrapping for everything they've earned. And to a certain extent, when you look at like 2022 and beyond, that's actually a really good thing. That's how you build a really strong foundation for your football team. But we're in 2021 still and losing all of these key playmakers, especially a guy like Jonathan Allen. I, I just think it's too much for this Washington team to uh, to overcome. I don't have a direct score reflection or a prediction right now. We'll kind yeah. of see what the NFL decides to do. If they do decide to postpone it to get some of these players back on the field, that kind of that kind of changes things a little bit, but they can only you know suspend it, postpone it, whatever, uh, so much if they do decide to do that. And then, of course, if they don't decide to do it, uh, they just cancel the whole thing. And as we know, Washington this year would have to forfeit the game. But I've got Philadelphia winning this game. I just don't see how it goes any other way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and honestly, if that offensive line for in Philly dominates the the replacement level uh, you know, defensive line that Washington's going to be playing with outside of Deron Payne, it could get ugly pretty fast. I think it's probably a two-score win for Philly at this point. Yeah, I would tend to agree with you. I mean, the fan in me has seen a lot of games that you assumed the Eagles were going to win and they didn't. But uh, this one, I agree. You know, it reminds me a lot of the matchup they had with the Saints, you know, a few weeks ago where the Saints were missing pretty much every core piece of their offense. They're starting quarterback, they're starting tackles, running back, wide receiver one, and the Eagles handled business. I think that will be the case again on Sunday. I don't think it's going to be a blowout potentially, but I would agree probably a multi-score win. Um, And it is a little bit unfortunate, not for Eagles fans. A win is a win, especially in a playoff race like this. But, (laughs) you know, these are two very even teams, I would say, when both are at, you know, full strength. Washington won four of their last five games, and they beat some good opponents in there they weren't just you know beating you know uh, bottom tier teams so it, it would have been fun to see that defensive line at full strength against this Eagles offensive line two of the best units in the NFL at the most important spots yeah. but at the same time I think the Eagles will take it because you know every win's going to count they're going to have to go at least three and one down the stretch to make the playoffs in this cluster of teams fighting for the wild card spot yeah absolutely I mean I think every football fan should go into knowing that especially if all of these players are in fact out and can't clear protocols to, to come back that yeah you probably missed out on a better game than what you're going to witness but uh you know in mid-january i don't think the eagles fans are gonna be crying on their wild card tickets if it doesn't happen <laughs> i agree i agree that's gonna do it for crossover thursday guys enjoy the game on sunday it's eagles and washington a battle of two six and seven squads fighting for a playoff spot i'm louis dibiase of locked on eagles he's david uh, david harrison of locked on football uh, excuse me the locked on washington football team uh, david tell everybody where they can find you yeah, I'm on Twitter at dharrison82. Like Lou said, four days a week. Actually, Chris and I each take a day off each each week. So four days a week, locked on Washington, but the show is on there five days a week. And then SI.com covering the Washington football team. 
Awesome. You can follow us on Twitter at LockdownBirds, at DBLCLOE. We've got videos all throughout the week as well on YouTube. Subscribe to our channel, and you can subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your shows. We thank you for making Lockdown Eagles and the the Lockdown Washington football team your first listen each and every day. For David Harrison, I'm Lee DiBiase signing off. Enjoy the game, guys, on Sunday. Thanks for listening.